Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service, where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today. Well, I want to talk to you today about transitions. And uh, throughout history, all of mankind is always in transition, for sure, of some kind. When I read the Bible, I see story after story of people going through changes, where God's calling them to different things, just as he's calling all of us to different things. He's sure, and what I, God wants in us is that we are obeying his will and not the work of man. There's a huge difference. What happens in Acts chapter 2? We should know this, church. Pentecost, right? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2. Talk about a change in our world. The birthing of the church. The world looks totally different because of that transitional moment. Because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, our lives are different. Do you agree? So we see that. We read that in scriptures. April and I, we do the same thing. We're always saying, Lord, what do you have for us? We're in transition. You know what? We have been fostering. We sat down. We had to sit down because it was painful to think about at times. 38 years we have been fostering. 38 years. Is anybody here younger than 38? Forty. Uh you know, 38 years we started fostering, and on July the 6th, we called it quits. After all those years of fostering, 38, 39, 40 children going through our home. Some of them we know where they are. Some of them we don't know. Some of them uh, have gone on to do pretty good things. Others, not so good. But after 38 years, that was a transitional moment for us to stop doing that. August 10th was two days ago, and on that day, April and I had been married 44 years, and in 44 years, we have always had children. Because Becky was born before we were married, before we were believers, Becky came into our life. So from even before 44 years, I guess maybe 45, right? Give or take. But 44 years, we've always had children. How many of you have had children for more than 44 years? Why are you shy? They're going. Yeah, but they lived with us. There's a difference. Somebody said to me one time, how are you joining Empty Nest? I said, are there some birds out there? And so Kaylee, our Kaylee, who's 18, has now moved to Bluevale. Does anybody know where Bluevale is? How many of you never even heard of Bluevale? Don't Google it. No, it's outside of Wingham. That's where our granddaughter and our, uh, her husband live with her two. She's expecting number three. Last year, Kaylee was up there working in the daycare for them. This year, she's doing the same. And now she's moved in. They've, she's going to have a bedroom in the basement for her. And she has a job in September working at a vet's. That's what she's always wanted to do. And so God has worked that out. So all of a sudden, we've not only stopped fostering, but Kaylee has now moved out. And April and I are like, whoa, what do we do? 
You know, like you're always talking about your kids and you're always dealing with them. Do you agree? No offense to any youth or children that are here, but you are a problem sometimes. Um, just like all of us. Yeah. So empty nesters. Well, we still have Grace Stace and little Naomi. Naomi's our youngest granddaughter, so we get the joy of watching her boss us around and uh, grow up. Five-year-olds, oh, they're fun. But uh, so, so anyway, you know, you start to walk through these transitions and changes in life, and you say, what do we do with this? And on August the 7th, we, uh, as April and I, we were talking with our elders. We shared with them about all these changes and transitions we're walking through. But that morning when I was praying, I went to the Promise Keepers devotional. And interestingly enough, it was called, guess what? Transitions. Yeah, so I want to read it to you because, boy, does it ever speak into this. Does anybody get this, by the way? Some of you read the Promise Keepers? Yeah, it's always very interesting. God always knows what to say to us when we need it. It starts off from Psalm 50, verses 14 and 15. It says, thank, sac Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High and call on Him. In the day of trouble, I will deliver you and you will honor me. So, it starts off. The dictionary defines transition as a passage from one place or condition or action to another. It's synonymous or synonym is change and it happens everywhere. Ever notice that life is full of transitions? Anybody? Uh-huh. How many of you remember not having debit machines? Well, not too many of you. Some of you are that. Come on. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Don. Um, cash only. Remember that? Yeah, you could write a check. And in this area, if you're Mennonite, or even if you're not, you can still write a checks. Okay, a few of us. How many of you never use checks? Okay, so our younger generation, more and more, don't do that. By the way, you should always use your pen so you don't forget it. That's experience talking. Um, some people thrive on transition, like a drug. It's an emotional high. This next change is anticipated, maybe even longed for. Others recoil at the thought of a move, especially another one. Lives unravel, emotions frazzle, while relationships are ripped apart. How can I cope, they wonder. Change is like good news, bad news riddle. It is both great and glorious. It's fun and frustrating. Transitions seem to be an enemy because they rob us of what is familiar. Perhaps families, friends, memories are left in the dust. New situations assault our new and old comfort zones and shred our self-confidence. Nevertheless, change can always be a dear friend. Transitions force us to grow. Although stretching isn't always comfortable, it is usually very productive. New places, jobs, environments, people, systems can launch us into dimensions of understanding if we let it. Change can mentor us towards maturity. Shifts and turns in our lives also serve us well because they get us in touch with the ultimate issues. When change reaches the crisis level, even atheists have been known to call out to God. That's true. The Bible records God as saying, Call unto me in the day of trouble, and I will answer you. Many people I know may never have come to experience the incredible joy of knowing Jesus Christ if it were not for a painful moment or transition in their lives. When they look back, they say, thank you, God, for that jolt. It set me straight. Anybody know about that? I do. 
Yeah. For those who are in transition at this time of year, whether that means going or coming, pleasure or pain, be assured that your future is not up for grabs. There is one who already sees it, and he has promised that if you team up with him, your journey will be of great significance. And finally, and if in the midst of transition and all the thrill, your change involves some pain, well, make sure you call out to God. He's got it on record. He says, I'm with you. Do not be afraid. I will watch over you. Isn't that a great article? On transitions. So why the article? Why the timing of the article? Do you ever wonder about that? How many of you have ever found in your journey with the Lord at just the right time the Lord shows you something? Okay, like Cheryl finding a, a 4 by 4 vehicle, right? You've been looking and looking and looking. Were you tired of looking? It's like there is no vehicle out there. And sometimes we trust him. I mean, totally give it over and trust him. And so as I was reading this article, I was thinking this is very timely for us as a church. Uh, over the last 11 months or so, uh, April and I have been praying and talking to the Lord about what is my role as the lead pastor here at Wilmot right now through all these times of change and transition. And it's been a tough journey to try to sort that out. And April and I kept our eyes on the Lord as we've journeyed in this. And I had to go back to our calling. And I want to read a couple of passages to you. Uh, they will be on the PowerPoint as well. The first one comes from Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. And this is uh, Paul writing a letter to the church in Corinth. He wrote two letters to the church in Corinth. And this is the first one when he was beginning to express who he is. And when I read this many, many years ago when I came to know the Lord, the Lord spoke to me and he said, this is, this is your calling. This is, I'm not Paul, but this is your calling. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, When I came to you, brothers, so this is Paul speaking, and I speak the same, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I received, to, or I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise, persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. So that was the word the Lord gave me many years ago, and I had to go back to that and kind of remind myself but when I thought of April and I together in ministry, uh, I have to go to the book of Isaiah. Many years ago, I don't know how many years ago, I, I didn't write it in here. I should have. I put dates on things sometimes. When the, do you ever do that in your Bible? Okay, that's the, that's the great thing about having a paper version of the Bible instead of just on a tablet or a phone, I find, is I, I, I write. Does anybody else do that? You make little notes? Have you ever seen Pastor Wayne's Bible? It looks like a rainbow. I mean, he's got so many notes and things in there. Isaiah 58. Uh, I'm not reading the whole thing. Uh, the last part of verse 9 uh, basically says, well, I'll just read it. Then, then you will call, and the Lord will answer, and you will cry for help, and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression and with a pointing finger and malicious talk, that's a warning to all of us, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the what? The oppressed, then, so, so there's the word then, say then. Okay, so then connects us to what is, you're doing these things, and you have to read the whole thing before this. Then, 
Your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Isn't that kind of what's happening out there? And will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild, say rebuild. Yeah, the ancient ruins and will raise up, say raise up. Yep, the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer, say repairer. Thank you, of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. And so the Lord spoke that word to us, and he said, that's what I've called you to do. And so when we met with the elders, we discussed this. And we talked about what does a picture of succession look like for a lead pastor? What, how do you frame it? Because that's what we were searching and asking the Lord. And, and I talked to a variety of people about it, and I read some things about it. And I said, you know, what matters is there, that, that what God's doing right now at Wilmot, there's a fresh wind blowing of the Holy Spirit, church. There's a new stirring that he's been doing for a while. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Do you remember two weeks ago I talked about things we can do around the Holy Spirit? And one of the things we can make a huge, huge mistake is to quench the Spirit or resist the Holy Spirit. And actually, the Bible teaches us that is sin. So, as God is starting to do something new here, we need to recognize it and we need to run with it because this is His work. So many things. Have you gone down to the basement yet and looked at the construction? Don't put your hand up. Because if you're going down there, you should be planning on doing something. Don't sit at home and go, I wonder when they're going to get that done. When you're sitting around doing nothing, come on, help. You can say amen to that. Are you feeling a little guilty? Uh, yeah, I want you to, because you know what? It's a mess down there, and in how many weeks before September? Callie's sitting here this morning. Hey, Callie. Thank you, Callie. How many weeks do we have to get that room finished? All right. There's a Dutch saying. Who's Dutch? Many hands make light work, and the Dutch usually have many hands if you know what I mean. So yes, many hands make light work. So if you have time, please. James, is James Huber here today? He's so exhausted he skipped church. All right, so James has a whiteboard down there and you can go down and help. That is so exciting what's going on down there. To the moms and tots in the area, isn't that awesome? Thank you for being a part of that. Thank you for making that work because it takes a church to make that stuff happen. It's not just a handful of people. It takes everybody. Uh, the new soundboards, which God bless that team this morning. There was like seven or eight of them back there. And I was in the middle of one song that one do, 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 you know, and I'm hitting the cymbals. And all of a sudden, all the mics that weren't working in the drum kit came on. And everybody went, whoa, they all pulled their earplugs out. And so that, that's what, so God bless you guys, the new board. I don't know how it's working downstairs, but thank you for all your hard work to make it work because that's what they're learning to do. Amen? It takes work. It takes time. So our practice was very interesting. You're right, Adam. The rehearsal. And so that's going on. What else is going on? Oh, that roof, by the way, when we had rain, when we had that rain, what, a few days ago, was leaking again. Does that bother anybody? Doesn't bother you? 
It bothers William. You know what? William spent three, four days cleaning the carpets out there. Have you ever seen William? How old is William? Does anybody know? 71? 70? The guy is like a toothpick. He's just out there working away so hard, and then he didn't like it. He redid it again, and then water dripped on it. Now, how would you feel if you did a lot of work and something happened to it? How do you feel? Does that bother anybody? So now we're going to get that roof done, hallelujah. So we don't have that problem anymore. As a matter of fact, we replaced two of the units above to keep you nice and cool and nice and hot, depending on the day. There's a third one up there. It needs to be replaced because it's about 25, 26 years old, and it needs to go. And so when we redo the roof, hopefully we're putting that on at the same time. Isn't that great news? Look at this platform. Look at the hours they spent painting all the black up here. Like, whoa. Yeah, I'm so thankful that they did it because I didn't have to. I, you know, painting is, I love painting as much as I love watching it dry. I just, it's not my thing. I mean, I'll do it. April knows. When April was sick and she was in bed and we were painting one of the bedrooms, she was laying right in the bed so she could watch me. And somehow, April, you knew when I missed a spot when you're a whole room away. So I just went, but anyway, this is all done. Now, that's not done. Uh, Lynette, is the tilts, are the tilts here today? Who can I say? Oh, there you guys are. God bless you. I was gonna, what's going on? You got some plans for up here? Yes, so Lynette, and you got a team of people? Your husband. Andrew. So, so they got some plans. They're going to redo the front of this. It's awesome. This is good stuff, folks. Notice it. Be thankful. Celebrate. Read the scriptures. When they rebuilt the temple, did they celebrate? When they sacrificed, did they celebrate? Hallelujah. Last Sunday, you missed it if you were away, and that's okay. It's summer. But Dean By was here, and boy, did we have a time. We had a time. And right then, we did a rehearsal, and the flags, the Canadian, Israeli flags were going. It was awesome. I thought, Lord, this is good. Life groups getting started up. We're ready to start doing a series in September, Better Together. And you're going to be hearing a lot more about that. Some of you have been contacted. There will be training and so on. That is good news. Outreach to Wilmot. We used to call it Love Wilmot. We don't anymore, Mark. It's called FOR. Like F-O-R? FOR Wilmot. Hashtag FOR Wilmot. Right? Something like that. FOR Wilmot. That's all about reaching this community with Jesus. Does this community need Jesus? Show me a community that doesn't around here. And so thank you, Lord, that this is what you are doing. This is the work of the Holy Spirit stirring. But what excites me the most in all of this is I see you as the people getting involved. The mistake we make as a church is we think that God's only called one or two people to do certain things when he's called the whole body to get involved. Amen? How many of you remember the little red hen? The story. Okay. And what happened to the little red hen? What was she doing? What did she end up doing? Thank you. She did it all herself. And as soon as she was done, what did everybody else want to do? 
They wanted to eat what she made. And I thought, you know, sometimes in the church, that's kind of us. You know, we expect everybody else to do it, but we don't need to get on board. But we do need to get on board and help out. So thank you for what you're doing. The other thing I'm excited about is the unity that I see with a hands-on involvement of our spirit-led, spirit-filled elders. A great staff. And so we're embracing renewal and moving in the right direction. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Amen? You are not excited about this? And this is a Blue Jay game. And you can wear your Blue Jay shirts, and you can paint your faces. You can bring your little flags. I've gone to some of these games, and people are so excited when somebody hits a home run. They blow the horns, you know, and all this stuff goes on. Well, what we should do here when we baptize somebody, we should do the same thing in the background. Because you know why? When someone says yes to Jesus, there is such a party in heaven that, look out, Blue Jays, you're boring. The biggest fireworks in the world, boring. When one person says yes to Jesus, all of heaven rejoices. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that party. Be a party animal for Jesus in the right way. And so thank you, Lord. That's what you're doing. We're excited about these things. But the question still remains, what, Lord, is my role? And so that evening with the elders, we talked about all these things and shared our hearts, and, and they listened, and we shared together, and they came and they laid hands on us. They prayed for us. And they said, Lord, just give clarity to Rob and April as they're trying to sort this out. And I remember Jason God bless you, brother. I see you here this morning. Jason, one of our elders, great man. He's our weeping prophet kind of guy. And uh, see, he laid hands on me, and he was praying, and he said, Lord, often you speak to Rob in dreams and visions. I just ask, Lord, that as he's trying to sort this out, just speak to him in dreams and visions. Give him, give him clarity. And we thanked them, and we went home, and they continued with the elders meeting, and April and I sat up and talked for a while about what had happened and what we had shared. And then eventually we, we got to bed, and just as I was, you know, kind of dozing off, all of a sudden I remembered what Jason prayed. So I said, oh, yeah, Lord, I pray you give me a dream and a vision. Does anybody ever pray that? We should all pray that. He speaks to us in dreams and visions. I used to have nightmares. Anybody have nightmares? I used to have nightmares all the time. I've told you this. But when I came to Jesus, he set me free from nightmares because he renewed my mind in Christ Jesus. And he changes your heart. And also, don't expose yourself to stuff that's going to give you nightmares. Stay away from the pizza at 10 o'clock at night. Well, some of you still can do that. I best not. Anyway, fell asleep. And now something else, the older you get, sometimes you wake up at 5.30 or five to use the facilities, you know. And uh, so I did that, and I came back, laid back down. I looked at the time. It's 5.30. I thought, sometimes I get up then. How many of you are up at 5.30? Okay. Everybody stand up. Come on. Lift your hands in the air. Come If you can do it, shake them around. Say, hallelujah, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. You are a good God. You are powerful and mighty, and we thank you for what you're doing in our midst. And we say, more, Lord.
More, Lord. Pour out your spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now turn to somebody and give them a hug. Amen. I, I, I saw the hugs commercial with the diapers. And they said, all you need is a hug. Um, anyway, so I woke up about 10 minutes later. I got it between 5.30 and 10, in those 10 minutes he gave me a dream. Just like that. And I woke up and I was wide awake. And I laid there for a moment thinking about the dream. Now, let me say something to you. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, there's a reason. When he shows you something, there's a reason. Because he's waiting for us to respond to what he's showing us. Or telling us a story. Or whatever it is. And so as I was laying there, do you ever argue with God? Yeah, I argue with God. And thankfully, he's a good God. He hasn't wiped me out yet. But I was just laying there, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, that was a great dream. But I'm still a little bit tired. I'm wide awake, but I still feel a little, you know. And the Lord said, get up. I said, why? You think I would know better by now? I just said, okay, Lord. So I got up and tried not to wake April. I went in and opened up my journal, which is in here, and I, and I wrote down the dream. And I just sat there for a while thinking about the dream. And, and I want to show you something that happened in the dream. I have two, two pictures we're going to bring up, and I'm going to use this laser. That's not it. There it is. Okay. Can you see the laser? Okay, and you see it there? So this was the dream. You can leave that up. Thanks. I was standing on the shore right about here. And I was soaking wet. And I had mixed emotions as I was standing there. I felt sad that I wasn't in the river anymore. It was much deeper, by the way, than that. Even though I was sad I wasn't in the river, I was glad that God, it was actually God who had plucked me out of the river. He had plucked me out, pulled me out. I wasn't drowning or anything, but he pulled me out, and he had put me right there. And as I was standing there looking at this river flowing by fairly quickly... The Lord said, do you notice the big rocks and boulders that are there? And there weren't many. There, there weren't many. The Lord said, as I stood here, the words Wilmot Center Missionary Church just appeared on the bottom because it was very clear. And this water was moving fast. And the Lord said, this is Wilmot. And he said, the river is flowing and things are happening. There are still rocks and boulders and things to deal with, but now... The Spirit is on the move, which made me glad. But I was sad that I wasn't in the river. And as I stood there, the Lord gave me, or spoke to me, really, and said, now look at the other river. So I turned and I looked at this river here, over here. And it was similar in size, but as you can see, this is very representative of it. It, it was a mess, and there was lots of rocks and lots of boulders, and really, that's flowing better. It was just a trickle. There was just a, a little, little trickle coming down through it like this, around all the rocks and boulders. 
And the Lord said to me so clearly as I looked at this, and now here's the point of what today's about. As I was standing there looking at it, the Lord said to me, read Ezekiel 37. So I want to read it to you. If you have it, you can follow along, verses 1 through 10. It will also be on the PowerPoint, I do believe. And for those of you who've read through Scripture, you know this passage. It's called the Valley of Dry Bones. And so after I saw the two, I went to this passage. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. And this one was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, oh, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on the skin, covered them, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. And so I had the dream and then the word from the Lord. So this morning, I want to share with you that April and I have sensed it's time for us. Where's the picture, please? Can I have the rivers? I like that one, by the way. There. The Lord says it's time for us to step away from Wilmot and to step into this and clean it up. That means as we step into that, God has called us to First Missionary Church in Pembroke so that we can take what God has been doing here and transplant it there. I thought, you know, Lord, it's an interesting time as you have made things fall into place with our girls unexpectedly. But I want to tell you that God goes before and produces fruit. Why do I say this? When we were talking to our son-in-law, Colin, and his wife, Becky, who's our daughter, who live in Pembroke, we were talking to them about this process of searching and wondering what God, what is our role here? Are we done? Should we step away so somebody younger can come in and take this to the next level? We're wondering. And he said to me, he said, Dad, you, you probably think that I don't pray. I said, I never said that. He says, well, I was praying, and I thought, Lord, if he comes here, that means I have to start going back to church. And then I said, yeah, I guess that's what it would mean. And then he said, but not only that, he said, Dad, if you come, would you baptize me? And I said, yes. I said, but Colin, you've got to bring all your friends. And they don't know the Lord. He said, why? And I said, because they need to see the change in you. He goes, I don't like that idea. And I said, well, 
We'll talk. I talked to a lady in the church, her name's Norma. And she, we've known her and her husband from 91, 92, when we met them. And they said, she said to me, she said, there are some people you know who are young couples who no longer, not only don't go to church the way they were. And she said the names of them, and I went, really? Because I know them. And I said, that is hard to believe. It shows you, folks, you can lose your way. Any of us in this room, if you're not careful, you can lose your way with Jesus. Don't think you've arrived. Don't think you've got to figure it out. This is a daily walk, amen? This is a daily walk with Jesus. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And so as, as she was telling me these names, I said, I tell you what, this is what I want you to do. I want you to contact them and tell them that April and I are going to sit down and have supper with you. You're at your house, you host it, and you bring all these people, and we're going to talk about the Lord. She said, would you do that? I said, yeah. She called me two days later and said, it's done. When are you coming? They all want to meet with you guys. I went, really? She said, yeah, they really do. And just before we had our last meeting with the elders, which was this past Tuesday, our daughter Becky called. And she said, Dad, you know where I work? She's a nurse. And I said, yeah. She says, one of the other ladies I work with came to me the other day and said, do you believe in angels? And Becky said, yeah, the Bible's full of angels. There's angels in the Bible, this lady said. And Becky said, yes, yes, there is. Why? She goes, I didn't know who else to talk to because listen to this story. She said, my son, since my husband have, and I have had this bitter divorce, my son is really struggling. He's drinking and doing drugs, and he's in trouble. And so I didn't know what to do, and we were walking through Walmart. And as we were walking through Walmart, this couple came up to us, and they started talking to us. And we're talking to them, and we're like, who are these people? We don't know them. And as we're standing there talking to them, all of a sudden the man said, now don't be afraid. The Lord has sent us. And they're standing there like, what? And he said, don't be afraid. The Lord has sent us. And then they told this young man what God had for his life. And then they said, can we pray for you? And they laid hands on this young man. And, and all through his body, the Spirit of the Lord touched him. And then they said, thank you. And they walked away. So the cart was facing this way. They were going this way, this woman and her son. And the two people walked that way. And they stood there for a moment, and they looked back, and they saw them, and then they looked, and then the lady said, i got to ask them a question. When she turned around, they were gone. They looked for them. They couldn't find them. That freaked them out. Would that freak you out? And then the son went to the, a few days later, was back at Walmart. Seems to be, if you want to meet an angel, maybe that's the place. I don't know. Better than Costco. So, so they're at Walmart, and he's, he's, his mom's doing something, and he went over to the and this guy walks up to him, and he's standing with him, and he finally says, don't be afraid. The Lord has sent me. And this young man goes, what? Again? He says, yeah, again. And he told him the same thing. And he said, can I pray for you? And he said, yeah. And when the angel laid hands on him, his whole body just went into heat. And then the guy disappeared. This young man is now freaked. So he goes to his mom. He finds his mom. He couldn't wait. He gets to her and he says, Mom, you're not going to believe what happened again. She goes, what? 
And he, and he told her, and then she, she put her hand on her, on him, and then the same thing happened to her that had just happened to him. And so she's telling this whole story to Becky, and she says, do you think we're crazy? And our daughter says, no. She says, you need to talk to my dad. So now I have an appointment with this woman and her son. Folks, why am I telling you these things? Because I want to encourage you. Can we have the next slide, please? The next picture. Because I didn't tell you this part of the dream. When I looked at the Wilmot River and First Missionary Church River, what I saw behind me was this vast body of water, this vast ocean, bigger than you could imagine. And it was bright as can be in the distance. And as I saw the one river, which is this church, our church flowing, and I saw the other one not, I saw other rivers all flowing. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said so clearly, I got this beautiful glimpse just for a moment, this is the body of Christ. He said, you get so caught up in a church, a label, a theology, a doctrine, Instead of me, because this is the bride of Christ. Not the brides. This is the body of Christ, not bodies. And he said, you got it all wrong. You need to see the bigger picture. He says, if I move you from Wilmot to Timbuktu, it's because it's about the body of Christ, not about a church. And I was just blown away because just in that moment, I saw it, and now I got it. Of course, we're involved in a church, but I want to tell you it's about the church, the body. And so now is the time, church, filled leader to come into this church. You need a new leader who can take you to the next level and run the race for at least 10 to 15 years. I'm not prepared to do that here, but for some reason God's taken us there to do it, and he's given us fresh, fresh wind, fresh vision, fresh fire to do it. And it's not about a church. It's about the church. And so, folks, we need to recognize the greater things that the Lord is doing. And that brings us to what I want to share finally with you and then in a few moments, the elders are going to come and, and just encourage us and pray. And so this is the letter that I wrote on August 1st to our eldership here at the church. And I just highlight a few things for you. After much prayer and discussion and waiting on the Lord, we sought counsel with two of our mentors and leaders. April and I finally come to the tough yet very peaceful decision to end our ministry here at Wilmont Center Missionary Church as of September 30th this year. My final Sunday for preaching will be September 23rd, when we're doing that series. We have preached for a call, as I mentioned, up in Pembroke. By the way, we were in Pembroke at that same church <laughs> from 91 to 98. I do not know why God has us going full circle. I really don't. Because we attended this church, Dan Chance, when it was the little building over there. And there was about 110 or 120 of us. Chester was there. A number of you were there. Stuart, you were probably there. And Diana and the Cables were there. And sorry if I'm missing anybody else. But, but there were a lot of people still here. Isn't that awesome? And, and so we were in that. And, and, and then we went from there to Zion United and then finally a Good Samaritan here in Kitchener. 
And then when that fell apart, we entered into the missionary church, had no idea what we were getting into at all, and uh, here we are. And now he's sending us back. I thought, Lord, what are you doing? But that's what he's done. And we will begin there November 1st. That's our goal. Uh, we're going to take October to uh, take a breather and pack and move and all that stuff. Doesn't sound like a breather, does it? We know that the ministry here has strong leadership, a great team, loyal, dedicated, spirit-led, servant-like congregation. Much that we have prayed for, April and I, and even the things we spoke about in the past are now taking shape. Thank you, Lord. Because of this new sense of direction, this new purpose and calling, even belonging, and the stirring of the hearts of the church family, this is a work of God. It's His hand. And so we rejoice with Wilmot as we know that He is building His church, and I tell you, the Scripture says the gates of hell will not stand against it. Personally, I have been very blessed by our elders who have journeyed us years and our staff. Uh, we've had our troubled times, yes. But equally so, some great victories in Jesus. We must not lose sight of what the Lord has done and is doing in this time of transition within our staff, our leadership at Wilmot. Remain strong in the Lord and His mighty power as you persevere in the days ahead. Let His Spirit be your guide. Let Him be your guard. Let Him be your watchtower, for the future will not be easy, but you will prevail just as He has promised. We thank you for your ongoing support and prayer, just as we are now praying for you. So we want to leave you, as the elders come, we want to leave you with uh, uh, some three verses that Paul wrote to the early church in Rome. Romans 15, 5 to 6, and then verse 13. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So those verses, I want you to have them. We will make sure they're... We're sending out an email, by the way, uh, just explaining what's happened today for those who aren't here and those who are busy doing ministry in other places in our church family. So, Pat. Thank you. I'm sure this has come as quite a surprise to many of you. Um, a while ago, the Lord gave me a word, and I'll just give you a little bit of it. He said, do not fear when it looks like things are falling apart. Did I not say in the end times, everything that can be shaken will be shaken? I'm calling you to become people of great faith. Why do you hesitate to do what I've asked you to do? People of great faith recognize my voice and they're quick to obey. Where would the church be if Paul had hesitated about going over the wall? Or Peter had hesitated about going to the Gentiles when the men were sent to take him there. God's calling us to be that kind of church. And he's also promised to be with you. And I'd, I'd uh, like to read what the Lord gave me this morning. Um, from Isaiah 41.10, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm sure Pastor Rob's news has come as a surprise. Pastor Rob shared this with the elders on Tuesday at our last meeting. God's not surprised, and I believe that he has had us preparing for this time over the past few months. In our ladies' Bible study, Beth Moore points out that time 
plus conflict equal change, as seen at the time he was crowned king. I think we've been experiencing some of that process. Pastor Rob and April. April, come and join us, please. On behalf of the elders in the congregation, I want to thank you for your ministry to us at Wilmot Center. I know that this move is not easy for you. It was not an easy decision, but you're modeling for us that obedience that God's calling us to as we're called to follow Jesus and lay down our personal agendas. You've touched the lives of many of us with words of encouragement, counsel, and wisdom as we prepare to implement the first steps of the vision that was present, recently presented to the congregation, um, we appreciate you both, and I know you're praying that God will send the right person to lead Wilmot Center in this new season. We'll be praying for you as you begin your new adventure, as I know you're praying for us. So I've asked um, um, Jason and Mark to pray for you. You want to say something? Yeah, I do. Uh, we love every one of you. The other, the other day, was it Thursday or, yeah, Thursday, I was walking over, Pat and I have been getting together and having prayer times, which I thank the Lord for, and Anne and a few others, and um, just for whatever God would put in our hearts, for the church, for ourselves, for our family, and as I'm walking beside the church, I'm thinking of all the changes that, that you mentioned, Rob, and um, I was thinking, wow, like the physical plant of the church is just um, being renovated uh, going, being cleaned out. All of the, the cupboards and the closets and everything are being swept clean. And if you if you looked in the garbage out here, you know a lot of it's you know old and been used and it's gone out. But what's still useful is is left. And right away, when I, as I was thinking that, because I've always wanted to get those picnic tables painted, <laughs> and um, the Lord spoke to my heart and He said, um, I, "Behold, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see it?" And when I shared that with Pat, she said, the other part of that scripture is there's streams of living water coming in the desert. And I just felt that was God's word for all of us. Um, change, Pat, none of us like change very much, uh, especially me. If I can make it work, I'll make it work. It's a way around, over or through that mountain. Um, but when I finally let go, God goes, finally. Now, now this is what I want to do. <laughs> okay, Lord, that's a whole lot better plan. That's all we all want, right? God's plan. So thank you very much for... Thanks, honey. Let's pray together. Lord, first of all, we're so thankful for the way that you speak to us personally. And God, all we've heard this morning is just the way that you've reached down to Pastor Rob and April and you've spoken to their hearts at the level that they wanted to hear. We just agree with them in the ways that they're being called right now. Lord, we're so thankful because we just see your fingerprints all over this, the way that you're uniting a family in that area, the way that you've made a place for, for the children in different spots and that you've gone ahead. And all of it just suggests that you're in this. All of it just suggests that you're in control and that you have a plan. And I'm so thankful for the peace 
that they've demonstrated the graciousness, they've demonstrated the wisdom, they've demonstrated this morning. And all of it just smells like your Holy Spirit. And so we just bless you for who you are. We bless you for the way that you provide. We bless you for the way that you lead. God, we bless you for the way that you reassure and you, and you comfort and you give hope and you give new vision. Lord, we agree with them in this. And right now, where they're at, right there in front of us, first of all, Lord, we, we say for everything that they planted by your spirit in this place, Lord, would you continue to bring it to harvest? And God, I pray that it's not going to be a meager one, that it'll be a bountiful harvest. And they'll be able to point back to the time that they spent here investing in your people and being faithful to your word. And even when it's been difficult, God, being just sensitive to your spirit and your leading. And I just pray that there would be so much of a harvest because of that faithfulness. And that they would have a tremendous legacy in this place. And we would all be able to rejoice about that. And then, Lord, we are so excited about the ministry that you're calling them to even now and the way that you're working that into being and and we we heard the stories of the way that you're preparing the hearts of the people there and we say go lord even more even more send your spirit in that place lord would you continue to raise up new leaders that will surround pastor rob and, and april lord and i pray that you'd ignite ignite that place again God, for the people that have stepped away, I pray that this would be the opportunity, this would be the turning point. And as Pastor Rob's been faithful and obedient to say yes and to step out of his comfort zone and follow to this place, I pray, God, that there would be fruit after fruit after fruit and lives changed and set free because of that step of obedience. And Lord, we just give you all the praise for what you're doing because you, we know that you are a faithful God. We just rejoice in who you are this morning. Thank you, Father. This is not going to be easy. <laughs> I sense the Lord wants to demonstrate Wilmot's love for you, Pastor Rob, and April. Use me to demonstrate his, his love and Wilmot's love for you and to wish you well. It's the flesh and the, that wants to keep you here. <laughs> We would love you to stay, but we know that the Lord, the Lord's will, will prevail. And there's nothing we can do from keeping you to do God's work. Father, we thank you that, um, that you have called Pastor Rob and April into a, a, new, a new area and a, new, a whole new place, Father, and that you've put already... Um, a mantle on Rob and, and that um, you've hand chosen Pastor Rob and April as a team mm. you, to do in Pembroke what he, you have done here Father so Father we, we pray that you would go with them and we know that your spirit is upon them Father and so we wish them well and Father would you guide them and protect them and Father, I pray, Lord, that you would coordinate every last detail with their move. Yeah. And Father, would you raise up people, as, as Mark has already prayed, in their, in their new place of, of pastorals. Um, raise up people in that, in that um, church that would come around them and to, and to help them lead. Amen. Because we know it's, it's hard yes. to do it on our own, Father. But we need more of your workers, Father.
So, Father, I pray that you would already start stirring in the hearts of people in Pembroke that would want to help with that ministry, Father, and raise up those dry bones, Father, that have al has already been um, spoken about, Father. So, Father, I just pray um, for peace here at Wilmot Center. I pray that everybody Amen. here and everybody in membership and everybody in the Wilmot community, I pray for God's peace to come over all of us to and know that it's your hand, Father, that is moving them to Pembroke, and not us. And so, Father, we give you all the praise and glory for everything that you're doing for his church. Yes, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Did any of you want to say something? I'd like to offer a prayer of gratitude for Pastor Rob and April. Father, we thank you for Rob's passion for your spirit that he's demonstrated. Thank you for his passion for your word. Thank you for his passion for your people. Thank you, Lord, for the passion that he's demonstrated and modeled week in and week out for worship, for complete surrender to you. Thank you for their passion for walking in your ways. Father, we thank you that we have been encouraged, that we have each been touched, that we have been inspired to walk closer with you, that we have been inspired to have a passion for your word, a passion for your spirit, a passion for surrendered hearts Thank you, Lord. father we have been so blessed as a people as families as married couples as children as individuals and father we give you thanks and praise for all that you have done and we give you thanks and praise for all that you will continue to do here and in pembroke and we pray your continued blessings on their ministry and their days ahead in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. Um, I feel like this is a pre-funeral. <laughs> you know, the prayers are awesome, that. But, but folks, we're, we're here till the end of September. Uh, I got lots of preaching to do yet, lots to encourage you with. You got lots for us to learn. So we're not done. Uh, I'm running this race full bore until the Lord says, you know, you're, it's like Goretz said in Ethiopia. He said, Rob, I know when I'm going to die. I said, Goret, nobody knows when they're going to die. He says, I tell everybody everywhere I go, I know when I'm going to die. I said, how do you know? He said, when the Lord's done with me, I'll die. And I thought, well, that's a way to look at it. But the point is this, folks, this is a new day. Is it hard? Of course it's hard. I feel like Paul on the beach in Ephesus when they're trying to say, don't go. But Paul said, I got to go. And that's us. We got to go. But we love Wilmot Center. Always have. So let's stand together as we pray. Uh, you know, you probably don't want to do this, but I just feel like bringing the worship team up and just doing something rowdy. Um, Adam, that first song we did. I'm going to pray and then we're going to, if you got to go, why we're doing this, that's fine. But let me pray for you. Father God, I want to thank you for Wilmot Center. Thank you for this amazing family. They are our family. 
No matter where we live, it's still our family because we all belong to the family of God. And Lord, I want to thank you too that you are paving some new paths. You are opening some new doors. You're calling forth those who have fallen away and you're bringing them back. You're speaking, Lord, over communities and saying, now is the hour of your salvation. Father, you are calling those from the highways and the byways of life that they will encounter the living God. And we thank you, Father, that you're using this entire body to make it happen. So no matter where you live, no matter who you rub shoulders with, Jesus has called you to make disciples who love God, you know the rest, love and serve the world. So, Lord, that's our heart cry. So in the days ahead, as we process all this together, we run the race because we're surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses. We throw off every sin, everything that would hinder and entangle, and we run the race set before us. Not that we've already obtained it, but we run for the prize, heaven. So Lord, now as uh, some need to go, God bless them. Thank you for everybody who's here today. Thank you for the beautiful weather in the summertime. Thank you for our farmers. Thank you for our first responders. Thank you for mums and dads. Thank you for children. Thank you for grandparents. Thank you for your love. So, Lord, as we worship together here, we give you praise because this is the day the Lord has made. And we will what? And what? Be glad in it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening online with us. We trust you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.